Now, Jason, you're excited about smart homes, about finally this technology being on our doorstep, here, graspable, in the next few months, changing people's lives. Just tell us, you, you've been waiting a long time for this. You're a futurologist. You see trends 10 years, 15 years out. You probably know that you're going to have to wait a bit of time for it to be mass market. But now this must be an exciting moment. Oh, it, it's hugely exciting because, you know, we've got all these incredible devices that, have, as you say, have been evolving for quite a long time. These uh, relatively, well, I mean, these stupid, dumb sort of 1950s devices like washing machines and fridges um, and, and doorbells and things. Uh, and they've, they've just sat there without the uh, benefit of a digital brain. They've now got those brains. They function. They've been through the kind of beta phase, the alpha, the beta. And now we've got things that actually work. What you need now is a backbone. So you need a reliable, quick broadband, a wide pipe of data connected to your house to, to enable them to not just work together, but also not impinge all the other stuff that we're now doing, like streaming video. I mean, how many people now use the aerial socket on their TV or the aerial on the roof? We're all streaming, aren't we? We've got these smart TVs or we've got a little dongle plugged into an, a non-smart TV that connects to your router and draws, you know, 4K, 1080p, fantastic ser series, televisions, documentaries, all the rest of it. It draws it all down, but that impinges on your other devices if you don't have you know the required bandwidth yeah so what you're saying is you need the products have been there so we so we've had the sort of analog fridge or the analog doorbell and there have been internet of things smart devices around but actually the take-up has probably been limited because there hasn't been the plumbing the infrastructure to be able to cope with everything that they could do and now you can have 30 40 50 smart devices in your house it's not going to crash the router is not going to crash your connection. You're going to be fine. So that that for you is a key moment, is it? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely huge. Um, and and also, you know, the amount of connected devices that we're going to have to deal with uh, to get the kind of fantastic services that they're going to offer. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in a moment. You know, the amount of bandwidth that require that they require is only going to increase. You know, these devices are going to put a strain on our standard broadband connection. So we now need to we now need to move to something with a bit more. Oomph. Yeah, because what's really interesting is the Eero, the Amazon Eero, which um, which I know you know we we're using now. We're selling with our full fiber product. It, it, it can take up to seventy five inputs if you want. That's fascinating for me because I can't envisage a world where you would have seventy five smart connected devices in the home. However, you think yes, that's absolutely possible. It's absolutely round the corner. What what would those seventy five be? Because there must be, because I, I don't have 75 smart devices in my home, but it's clear that we're around the corner from an era where there are going to be 50, 60, 70 devices in our home that have some sort of smart connect connectivity built into them. Because otherwise, our friends, our partners at Amazon wouldn't be building routers that allow that. So paint a picture of what that is. Okay, so, so let me start, first of all, by talking about what we've got available to us right now. And a really good example of that is uh, the Talk Talk Smart Garden of the Future that I was privileged enough to be involved with creating. So we, we actually created this thing in a beautiful house on the outskirts of London. We had a, a great uh, gardening company called Rebel Rebel, who also did all the planting. So we, when we went to town quite literally on this. I can, if you like, just quickly walk you around that garden and give you a sense yeah, of some of the smart devices there. And then we can come inside the home, if you like, and talk about 
the more standard smart stuff that people may be more familiar with. And just to point out, the reason that we created a garden was based on some research that said that post or during COVID and post uh, lock, lockdown, many, many people are now uh, doing much more in the garden. And loads of these, uh, loads of us that are home working now, and, and, you know, we've gone to the garden to install a, a home office in the back garden or, or you know, renovate a shed space, uh, or we're just sitting outside when it's nice and sunny in the spring and summer, and we're using the garden to uh, send emails and, and check, you know, work stuff. And of course, that requires a connection. So what they wanted to say was, look, with the era, uh, with Future Fiber, we can now cover not just the house, but also right to the end of the garden. So that's what we did. Um, we had some smart lighting in the garden. So lighting that you could control via an app. You could color change. You could set different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Look, look, look darling, um, it's about to go pink. Yeah, that, I mean, that's it. So, you know. Um, Fantastic. You, you, you could have a lot more, of fun with that. You could. And you can, set, <laughs> you can effectively just set some mood lighting and stuff. But it's pretty straightforward stuff. Most people will be familiar with similar things in their home. Uh, smart light bulbs. Uh, smart LED strips and so on and so forth. Um, but you can add in the garden. We had a really good robot lawnmower. Now that's important to point out because in my previous life, I used to do a very well-known tech review show on Channel 5 um, that you might remember. And, the Gadget um, Show. We can name it. Great. And I'm, so, I'm, B, I'm like you, you see, BBC trained. So you can't, you can't <laughs> always just come out with the brand names. And, um, Other yeah. vacuum cleaners are available. Exactamundo. So we tested side by side many times. I can remember doing this at least three times uh, over a few years. Uh, robotic lawnmowers where we'd have, say, four patches of grass that were identical and then we'd set them off. And they were so difficult, really difficult to set up and not particularly reliable in terms of the cuts. Just for those people that aren't briefed on. Imagine it made good television. Oh, it's great fun. Me and John being chased <laughs> Back around in the, day, in the yeah. garden. Yeah. The, the point I'm making is that, that that technology, I can now say from experience, having set up the... Um, the smart garden is uh, it's got there now it's very reliable you put a border out by way of a piece of wire around your border so that the uh, robot has uh, the one that we used at least has some sense of its boundary but it's just so easy to use you i mean you we, it literally took five minutes to set it up it connects to your phone via in this case uh, the eero router uh, and did a really really good job the, the idea of these things that they go out couple of times a week and they and they create like a mulch i think that's the correct phrase and so you never need to empty them that's the other thing is what do you do with the cuttings if you if you know if you're like me you mow the lawn with a standard old school rotary mower once every two weeks you get loads and loads of grass that you've got, got to get rid of this isn't the case it just puts a kind of fine mulch down so yeah th that technology is great you can operate it you can effectively drive it almost remote control from the app you can set patterns with it it all depends on the particular robot lawnmower make and model you know, and you can I, feed the birds a, a great idea you can feed the birds with my my bird camera setup now that was amazing it's just a, a simple camera device that's motion activated you screw it to the for me the underside of the roof of the bird table and you put out some, uh, you know, nuts and berries and whatever it is that, you know, whatever species of bird you're trying to attack, attract. And then you're at work or you're with the kids. You get a notification on your phone that a bird has landed on, on the bird box and you can actually watch them feeding. That, how great is that? That's a perfect example, isn't it? That's a perfect example of how it's not gimmicky. It really makes a difference. It does something really great. You, you, can, you, know, you can watch a bird in the bird when it's there with your kids and you, because you've been notified that it's there. What I like about it is, is it's, it's spiritual, isn't it? You know, it delivers mm. a sense of, of wellness, 
a connection, strangely, ironically enough, a connection to nature. And then the other <laughs> thing that I loved, we had a, a smart sprinkler. That was absolutely amazing. So this is literally, again, so easy to install. It's just a box that you put in line between your garden tap and your hose sprinkler, right? So rather than plugging your sprinkler directly into the hose, you plug it into this box and then you plug that box into the tap. But from that point on, you don't worry about anything else. You go onto the phone. Obviously, you need to install the app and stuff, but then you can control the sprinkler with your app which I had a lot of fun doing when the cameraman was particularly close to the sprinkler. But that, again, that's clever because that makes real sense. Because if you're yeah. away, so say you're away and it's a hot week or whatever, you don't, you don't, you're not worrying about your plants or whatever. You're going like, well, actually, I can give it a bit of a spray because I'm looking at the app on the forecast and it shows that my hometown is, is baking. And it's, that's another example of the non-gimmick, isn't it? It's brilliant. Well, it is. And I don't have particularly green fingers. Most things die that I you know, attempt to bring to life in the garden. And um, I've also played with irrigation systems that actually, you know, make intelligent decisions about the uh, amount of moisture in the soil and can actually turn on irrigation automatically. So, really? so far I've been talking, yeah, I've been talking about things that do stuff from an app that requires, you know, my brain and my yeah. finger to uh, initiate. But you, you're welcoming things that might bypass your decision-making to help the flowers grow. <laughs> If you like, that, that's quite a nice, that is quite a nice kind of transition inside the house yeah. and to, and possibly to bring things into a future context. Because as you know, I'm a, you know, I'm employed as a futurologist in my other life. So I, I talk to companies about, you know, how technology is evolving and how it's going to affect various sectors. And so I'm also at home with where we're going with this. So maybe we could talk about that. Yes. But just as a, a pause, you've, you, what you've mentioned to me is about 15 devices. So we're already at 15 and you haven't left the garden. So that's fascinating for me because I hadn't, I hadn't, even, hadn't even thought about the sort of numbers involved, but I can see it. I can see it from the picture you're painting. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm pleased because I do, think, I do think technology needs to be tangible. It's okay talking about augmented reality, which is one of my favorite subjects, or self-driving cars, but you, you, you know, by which I mean fully automated cars with no driver. And we're not quite there yet in terms of, you know, a meaningful deployment of that technology. We're going to be there very soon, I'll tell you that. But what's nice about what I just mentioned is that these are things that you can, I mean, you can literally buy them on your favorite, you know, online marketplace. You can literally buy them now and you can install them tomorrow. And then coming inside, if we're still in the present, I think one of the most revolutionary technologies that most people will have heard of or, or indeed own one is, you know, the smart doorbells that... That's a, that's a real game changer because it, I think it's important that innovation answers a problem. You know, in my time as a gadget reviewer, I know that you'll be familiar with this issue, is that something's cool, it's beautifully designed, it's a good widget, but it doesn't really solve a problem that you've actually got. Whereas, you know, working away from home, not being able to um, answer the door for the increasing amount of deliveries, deliveries that we're now getting, especially through lockdown, is a real practical problem. If you can talk to the delivery driver, uh, if you have a sense of who they are, if they know that they're being filmed, there's a sense of security in the relationship. This is what smart doorbells and smart lighting uh, offers. There's a lot of lighting systems that I've played with that have a kind of passive infrared uh, trigger that leads to a camera going on and you get notifications on your smart devices. These, these are really great, you know, simple innovations that now having this, you know, this re reliable future fiber setup, uh, like the one we installed in the TalkTalk Talk, uh, Smart Garden of the Future, that, that all makes it possible. 
So let's look, let's look into the future. You are a futurologist. Um, I want to pick you up on something you were starting to describe, which is fascinating, which is sensors that could perhaps sense the soil or the climatic conditions and know when it is the best time to feed a plant in a particular way. I mean, that sounds, that sounds incredible. Well, I mean, it depends what, what sector you're most interested in. I mean, in terms of, so let's, let's go, let's, let, let's really blow your mind, okay? So a lot of this stuff makes life easier, doesn't it? And we were talking about the spiritual dimension to something like the, in, the smart bird table. How about a toilet that analyzes your, forgive me, stool sample, and then uh, suggests things that you should eat? So nutrients that you're deficient in, for example, or says that you're a bit dehydrated, or even is connected to a, I'm going to say food printer, which sounds a bit perfunctory, but effectively produces um, some nutrient-dense, targeted nutrient-dense snack that you can eat and that meets your health needs. So how about that? Amazing. And it democratizes health, doesn't it? Because it, it, it takes something that might be an expensive appointment at a hospital and, or a hospital or an appointment you can't get for months or whatever, and it brings it to your home, literally. It does. So, so where we're at right now is we're, we're at a, a kind of predictive uh, stage of our evolution. So we're starting, to, we're starting to use technology and in particular, the kind of fuzzy AI, which is kind of where we're at at the moment, which is really a bunch of algorithms based on a database of previous results that can then help to predict patterns, okay? And I, I'm, I'm really into this for a number of different reasons as a technologist, but also because my wife is a nutritional therapist and we had some illness in our family that led us down that route. And it, it's fascinating. The stuff that, that uh, practitioners are now doing with, with uh, as you say, the democratization of basically everything. You know, we no longer have to just go to a GP. We can go to a, a specialist in a number of different areas. They now have access to laboratories. They can do independent testing. It's not all centralized anymore. It's not just through a government-ordained uh, GP. It can be, uh, as well as GPs, through other practitioners. And so, you know, it's not a big stretch to then say, well, if I can do a blood test or a, a spit sample, uh, or a stool sample here and have it analyzed for, I don't know, signs of uh, inflammatory markers, that uh, the devices in our home are going to start to do that. And the best example so far is the toilet. Although I would say that predictions of the future are always, you, you must always look at them through a prism. You know, you can, you can use exponential mathematics to really lock down where a particular sector is going. So you can really predict with a lot of accuracy, for example, when abouts there'll be, you know, the majority of cars on the road will be driverless. You can, you know, you can predict that with quite a lot of accuracy, but the reality of what those cars will look like, what a shared ownership of a car scheme might, you know, might actually look like, it often ends up through a prism, a little bit more abstract than the prediction. So just you know, put this one in, the, in that sort of category and you should be able to get a vision for, uh, for our collective future. And going back to gardening and, and plants, you can envisage an age where you have sensors all over your garden that know exactly what plants need and give it to you, give it to them without you being involved. I can, I can, env I can envisage that now. We're there. We, we, I mean, we are there. In that regard, we're, we're very close to that. There are a number of consumer domestic uh, smart garden devices that offer something similar to that in terms of, you know, the, the care and attention that an actual gardener can pay to a garden. 
then that's maybe, you know, that's another evolutionary stage away. But um, another sector, of course, that's going to get really exciting is entertainment. And, you know, at, at the moment, we, we still have a rather passive relationship with the 16 by 9 screen, you know, that, it, that, that, you know, that is our television or our handheld device or laptop or, or tablet. But that space is, is ripe for massive upheaval and innovation. Uh, and it's going to come in the shape of augmented reality. So not virtual reality, which most people will understand, which, of course, is you fully immersed inside a, a virtual world, but augmented reality being something in between you looking at your lounge and your coffee table uh, and you know the door into the hallway, but then having assets augment that, uh, virtual assets, uh, and bringing entertainment out of the screen in really interesting ways. So, I mean, we, we could go on. We could talk for a long time about all of this stuff, but um, hopefully that's given you uh, something to go on. <laughs> all through the power of a simple broadband connection, which is kind Absolutely. of extraordinary to believe. <laughs> yeah, it's bonkers. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in your podcast app. And if you have time, give us a review. If you have a suggestion or question, get in touch on Twitter at TalkTalkGroup. You can follow us there or also on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for listening.